The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Expand the power of your personal energy. Welcome to Energy Activation with Sandra Ann Taylor. Hello, welcome to my second new podcast where we'll be talking about what you should be able to expect from love. I was thinking about what to talk about this time around, and as usual, I asked Spirit to show me. Then over the last several weeks, I noticed that so many of my clients were having relationship issues with their spouses, friends, family, and even at work. Many of the people I talked to had given up on receiving the respect and love that they deserved thinking that it just doesn't exist anymore. That sense of hopelessness was a personal signal for me. I had felt that way once. But luckily, I learned that I had a right to expect good things in a relationship. And I found out that it was truly achievable. I hope you can stay for the whole podcast, because at the end, we're going to take a little affirmation vacation, focusing on how you can shift your own energy, bring more love to your relationship with yourself, and as a result, either attract a new partner, a loving partner, or attract more love in the relationship you already have. Whether you're looking for love or already in a relationship, there are definitely certain qualities and experiences you should be able to expect. My second husband used to say that in a healthy relationship, there should be no expectations. That's utterly ridiculous. In any relationship, romantic or otherwise, you should be able to expect certain things including support, honest communication, civility, and respect. Healthy relationships are made up of relatively sound and responsible people who know that to make the connection work, they need to put forth at least some effort, prioritizing the other person and the partnership itself. In fact, Pretty much any relationship is salvageable if both parties are willing to really work on it. 
The underlying truth is that there are three things that are absolutely fundamental to any mutually nurturing relationship. This isn't limited to romantic relationships, but includes all of the significant associations of your life. I call them the three R's, respect, reciprocity, and real communication. You may be able to maintain a connection without these ingredients, but don't kid yourself about having a real relationship. Let's talk about respect first. When people come to me for relationship counseling, I always start by asking them two questions. Do you respect your partner? And does your partner respect you? I start with these questions because if there's no respect on the part of one of the partners, it's very unlikely that person will be willing to do the work it takes to make the relationship stay healthy and happy. Believe it or not, almost everything else needed in a relationship can be taught if both people are willing to learn. If the relationship didn't start with respect, however, it was never really a relationship at all. It was entered into for the wrong reasons and was intended as something else, probably acquisition, manipulation, or some sort of power mongering. This is why I always tell my dating clients to be very aware of any signs of disrespect. I'm always amazed at the amount of people who have been willing to disregard these signs. They think that the respect will get better once they're married. Never make that assumption. It's hard enough to maintain respect as time goes on never mind having to establish it after the infatuation wears off. Trust me, I've been there and I tried that. I know from personal experience that there's nothing more lonely than to be in a relationship where you are not respected. Your time together feels empty, often filled with dread and apprehension, wondering when you'll be dismissed or even mistreated again. So if you're one of those people who thinks that any relationship, even an unrespectful one, is better than no relationship at all, you'd better think twice. Not only does that thought dishonor you, but the universe may just send you something to educate you on that matter. No, without respect in a relationship, someone is just being used. It's more of a service than a love partnership. This is why the feelings of emptiness are so great. You're looking for your relationship to offer a sense of support. Not only does that not happen when there's no respect, but the exact opposite happens, and you sense a loss of support. Sooner or later, staying in a partnership where you're not respected will also cost you your own self-respect. Self-honoring is virtually impossible when you consistently allow someone, especially your significant someone, to dishonor you. And it can only attract more and more misery and dishonoring down the road. 
So there's no question that mutual respect is the foundation of any happy and strong relationship. All good things that come, including real depth of feeling and willingness to prioritize each other, come from a mutual reverence and regard for your loved one. This kind of respect can take the connection to incredible heights and make it a profoundly spiritual one. Yet without it, your relationship will turn into one struggle after another. You're not taking the easy way out by choosing to stay in a relationship that's devoid of respect. In reality, that choice is the longest, hardest road you can travel. You deserve more, much, much more. You deserve to know that you have the support and the good opinion of your partner. You also deserve the sharing and caring that comes from the equal partners prioritizing each other. In fact, the only way that you can achieve the kind of caring that a healthy relationship calls for is to begin with mutual respect. And that leads to the second necessary element of a healthy relationship, reciprocity. Reciprocity is the balance within a relationship. It starts with the fundamental assumptions by each person that you are two equal partners. From that assumption, based in mutual respect, the two of you form an interdependent relationship. This is a mutually nurturing and reliance lifestyle utilizing each person's talents and abilities in order to make the relationship run smoothly. Responsibilities are shared and partners are willing to help each other, agreeing on how to divide up the tasks and take on certain roles. No one can tell two people what makes a relationship reciprocal. They can only decide that for themselves. But they need to talk about it honestly. They need to arrive at their agreement without coercion or manipulation. Compromise and flexibility are a must, especially when the needs of the relationship or its individuals change. For instance, men and women tend to reciprocate in different ways. Domestic responsibilities and finances are two of the biggest issues that must be worked out. Women are working more and many men are taking more domestic responsibilities on, especially in the upbringing of their children. Yet, in spite of all this, most women tell me that, job or no job, the bulk of the housework falls largely on their own shoulders. But sharing the effort of living and making a living is a part of a partnership. It may not be exactly equal, but it must be shared. If it's not, relating will soon turn into resenting. Emotional reciprocity is also a part of what makes a good relationship. This is the genuine sharing of feelings, opinions, and desires. In an emotionally reciprocal relationship, the partners encourage and support each other. There's a relaxed environment one in which each partner is comfortable, feeling safe to discuss his or her problems without fear of being judged or ignored. This is so intrinsic to a healthy relationship 
that it cannot be overemphasized. Without emotional reciprocity in their romantic relationship, a person feels minimized and disconnected. This is isolating at best and seriously traumatizing at worst. And if it continues for any length of time, it can result in the destruction of one's self-esteem. It certainly results in destroying the relationship, even if some connection is maintained. This is a difficult, lonely place to be, and you never want to go there to that emotional loneliness and isolation if you can possibly help it. The absence of reciprocity starts with a lack of respect, and it takes self-respect to get the reciprocity back. While nothing is ever 50-50 and no two people ever give equal amounts in all things in any relationship, a strong sense of reciprocity can be achieved. It comes from sharing effort, time, emotions, and responsibilities. Each person must consider the honoring support that the other person needs. Reciprocity requires balance and the willingness to communicate about what it takes to make that balance work. Real communication is the third ingredient that's absolutely necessary for a healthy relationship. You simply can't relate without communicating. In fact, a relationship without communication reduces your partner to just being your roommate. Even if you only consider the sexual aspect of this, sex with an acquaintance feels pretty empty indeed. That's just the tip of the iceberg where lack of communication is concerned. And it's a big enough iceberg to sink the whole relationship. There are three basic types of communication with many variations thereof. The first is superficial communication. That's discussing the weather, sports scores, the latest movies. The next is logistical communication, covering questions about what to have for dinner, what bills need to be paid, and where to go on vacation. Finally, there's intimate communication, which includes both emotional and sexual intimacy. These are expressions of feelings, fears, hopes, desires, and discussions of problems, needs, concerns, and potential solutions. Intimate talk can cover everything from the boss who makes you crazy at work to what makes you excited in bed. Real communication includes all three of these, superficial, logistical, and especially intimate communication. Now, the superficial communication is fairly easy for most people since we do it all the time. It really gets us through the day and helps us deal with acquaintances, but it's certainly not enough to make a relationship, a profound relationship, real. Logistical communication is also pretty easy as it's generally task-oriented and therefore usually doesn't cause people to feel vulnerable. But the most difficult type of communication for most people is the intimate variety, 
the expression of one's deepest feelings can feel very risky. More people are actually willing to take this risk at the beginning of the relationship, probably because they feel their partner will be more supportive at this tender time. Over time, however, if they're not truly accustomed to revealing themselves in this way, they're likely to shut this part of themselves down, resorting to superficial and logistical communication as their major form of connecting. Yet even those relationships are not without hope. Real communication is actually a skill that can be learned. To communicate actively, you need to engage in four activities, talking, listening, hearing, and responding. This may seem ridiculously basic, but you'd be surprised at how many people stop at step one or two. In the process of real communication, each party interacts with the other. Party one speaks about something, party two listens, hears it, and actively responds, either with some encouragement, an opinion, or an emotional or personal reaction. The response allows the communication to build. Without the response, it's not communication. It's just mere dissemination of information. As speakers, we need to say what we mean in a tone of voice that's not threatening. Listeners need to hear what's being said and respond appropriately. One might say something like, what I hear you saying is, and then let yourself find out if you're both on the same page. Sometimes the response will call for a personal reaction, an expression of your own experiences, feelings, or opinion. And many times, all that's needed is a sympathetic reaction. Still other times, we may feel the need to ask some questions, gain clarity, or get more information. Our response shows our interest, and it's always important to know your partner is truly interested and what you have to say. Each partner must be willing to learn how to communicate. And that starts with creating a safe and comfortable environment. Set aside some time to talk. Really hear what your partner is saying. Be open, sympathetic, and patient. It may feel awkward at first, but have the courage to stay with it. Real communication is absolutely crucial in maintaining the life of the relationship. It's part of what we should be able to expect from love. In fact, without these three elements, respect, reciprocity, and real communication, you don't actually have a relationship. All you have is a habit. And these are just the most basic, necessary qualities. But we're going to explore others that are equally important in real love.
Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There are other reasonable expectations that are a part of the love experience. Assuming that respect, reciprocity, and real communication are in place, there are also some other qualities that a healthy relationship should be able to offer. Although you're the first one responsible for your own happiness, it's reasonable to expect your relationship to contribute to that happiness. After all, the very reason two people pursue a relationship is because they're looking for a safe, supportive place with a compassionate partner. We want to go through life with someone knowing that we'll be supported, encouraged, and accepted, and knowing that we will bring the same support to our loved ones in return. In every relationship, romantic or otherwise, you should be able to expect honesty, integrity, and trust. And that's especially true when sex enters the equation. Honesty and trust are very closely related. You need to know that your partner has integrity. If you see them lying to others, it won't take long before you assume that they're capable of lying to you. And that's true. And if you can't be honest with each other, it will be impossible to foster an environment of trust. Some people have a hard time trusting, not because their partner is untrustworthy, but because they themselves are untrusting. It's likely that these people have been betrayed in some way in the past. If you are untrusting, you need to look at the real source of your pain so that you don't have to project your own fears onto your partner. On the other side of that coin, a person who is untrustworthy needs to be honest with themselves and to look at how they use their deceitfulness to give them a false sense of power. Honesty requires an openness about what's going on in each person's life. You know what's important and what needs to be disclosed. It may be difficult at times, but deceit is never an option. In a good relationship, partners use honesty to connect. They tell the truth, but they never use, quote, honesty, end quote, as an excuse to be judgmental. 
I once had a client who had gained weight after having three children. Her husband called her fat, and he justified it by saying he was only telling the truth. But name-calling and judgment are not truthful because they don't recognize the person's intrinsic value, the value of their soul, the value that brought them together in the first place. This is just hurtful and not resonant with the intention of acceptance, which leads us to the next set of reasonable expectations, acceptance, tolerance, and patience. Letting go of judgment is a part of respect and an important part of establishing mutual acceptance. In a healthy relationship, partners acknowledge each other's differences and learn to accept them. Nobody's perfect, and you need to learn to tolerate each other's little quirks and idiosyncrasies as long as they don't dishonor you. In fact, commitment is a statement of acceptance. It's tolerance and patience and a willingness to focus on the wonderful things that excite and entertain you about your partner and to overlook the minor annoyances that every relationship carries. Short of your partner engaging in something dishonoring to you, your decision to commit to them means that you've decided to accept them as they are, and they need to accept you as you are too. Committing to each other means you both are committed to being patient, flexible, and forgiving. And since people change, Accepting them as they are now also means accepting them as they will be tomorrow. You'll notice that the marriage vows don't say love and honor until one of us irritates the hell out of the other. It is also reasonable to expect appreciation, encouragement, and acknowledgement. Everyone, everyone needs to be appreciated. More than that, they need to be told that they're appreciated. They need to be acknowledged for who they are and what they do. And they need to be encouraged when the going gets rough. This isn't all that difficult to do. Yet there are so many people who refuse to praise or compliment their spouses or even their friends, family, employees, or co-workers. Yet this makes an enormous difference in the experience of any relationship, especially loving ones. It's inestimably valuable to know that your loved one believes in you, acknowledges your effort, and appreciates your special qualities. A peaceful harmony could be so easily achieved and so much unity established just by using some simple statements. Statements like the following. I know how hard you work, and I want you to know that I appreciate all your effort. Did I ever tell you how much I respect you? I'm really proud of you. Let me tell you some of the things I love about you. I really appreciate you and all the little things you do for me. 
and I believe in you. I know that you can do anything you set your mind to. These and other kind expressions are wonderfully endearing ways to connect. They forge a depth of unity and truly enrich each person's life. In fact, encouragement and appreciation are easy ways to show your partner that they're a priority in your life. That's part of the next set of reasonable expectations. Presence and priority. If you're going to make a relationship work, you'd better plan on being present, which means being there both physically and emotionally. It means being available for companionship, conversation, and affection, and even fun. In our fast-paced world of two career families, it's not uncommon for couples to see very little of each other from day to day and even from week to week. But you simply can't relate to someone if you're never together. In time, you'll look at your loved one and see a stranger. If you don't want this to happen to you, you must prioritize each other and the relationship. It takes some planning, but you can have regular quality time together. You may have to schedule it, and you have to make it just as important as your other priorities. So get together. Do something fun and meaningful. Enjoy each other's company. Remember what that was like. It really makes a difference. Next is flexibility and freedom. Everyone needs at least some autonomy within their relationship. If each partner is to keep their own identity, it would require having the freedom to maintain their own interests. This requires balance. But if each of you is willing to be flexible and prioritize the other's needs, you should be able to help each other maintain the activities that you enjoy. Flexibility is also necessary when approaching the daily demands of life. If you're too structured and inflexible, it indicates a subtle, or not so subtle, need for control. Since you can't control life or other people, needing to do so will only create anxiety and conflict. A lot of little squabbles could be avoided if people would be just a little more flexible with each other. In fact, I have often said that flexibility is one of the keys to mental health. And there's another old saying that asks, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? If you'd rather be happy, be flexible. And of course, it's totally reasonable to expect kindness and affection in your relationship. Affection is the tender, loving expression that creates a heart-to-heart -heart communion between two souls. A touch, a kiss, a hug are all little signs of affection. It only takes a moment to share a sweet sentiment. 
Each little display of affection is nourishment to the relationship. It feeds the connection. Each touch says, I'm glad you're here. Each tender look or soft embrace says, I would choose you all over again. Showing kindness is also a sign of affection. Just assisting in some mundane task, giving a compliment or a note of affection may be all your partner needs to get them through their day. It doesn't take much effort, but it creates so much harmony. Don't be threatened by it. Kindness does not make you vulnerable. It's far more powerful than meanness. With kindness, the mutual sense of support will help you thrive as individuals and bring you much closer as a couple. Finally, let's look at forgiveness. Human beings make mistakes. Even in the best relationships, people say hurtful things and behave selfishly at some times. An old movie once said, love means never having to say you're sorry. But that's simply not true. It would be virtually impossible in any long-term relationship to never offend or be offended by your partner. When that happens, I'm sorry not only needs to be said, it needs to be accepted. Without the ability and willingness to forgive each other, the little offenses would only mount up, creating a considerable bitterness, even if it's unspoken. But forgiveness is both healing and liberating. A truly healthy person will see the power that comes from both asking for forgiveness and being willing to give it. There's a beautiful harmony that resonates between two people who are willing to talk their problems or disagreements through. When you genuinely have compassion for each other, you can release the need to be right all of the time. Also, forgiving each other for the little things shows flexibility and helps to build patience, tolerance, and acceptance. But the intention to forgive doesn't require you to submit to dishonoring treatment. When you're dealing with the big issues, you must make some important choices. If someone consistently dishonors you, it may be past forgiving. It may be time to get out. Yet ultimately, real honoring and forgiveness are the keys to moving the relationship from conflict to compassion. These are the qualities of healthy people and healthy relationships. But don't feel discouraged if your relationship is missing some. If your relationship is worthwhile, it's worth working on. Give it time. Keep up the communication. Never stop knowing that you deserve to be loved. Life is a process, and learning how to relate is a lifelong process. You need to grow and let go, learn and expand, express yourself, let yourself make mistakes, and forgive yourself and others. 
And if you're looking for love, know that these qualities do exist. There are many wonderful people who are looking for the same things you are. They want healthy relationships, and they're willing to work on them. The universe is unlimited in abundance. You can have the kind of mutually nurturing relationship you want. You should be able to expect open communication, respect, and acceptance. You should have and be the kind of partner who is present, compassionate, flexible, and kind. To develop true harmony with your partner or to attract it in another, you must first bring real harmony to yourself and to your relationship with yourself. It's impossible to harmonize with others if your own instrument is out of tune. So before you expect these qualities in your relationship, you must learn to expect them in yourself, and you must learn to give them to yourself. If you're looking for support in your relationship, you must start by supporting yourself, prioritizing yourself. The same is true for forgiveness, tolerance, and acceptance. Do you bring these wonderful intentions to your relationship with yourself? Be the partner you're looking for, and you won't have to look for long. After all, you are your own best source of support, encouragement, and compassion. If you can't expect this from yourself, you won't be able to expect it from others, even significant others. So make a conscious choice to compliment instead of criticize yourself, to prioritize your own happiness, and to be flexible, patient, kind, and compassionate with yourself in your daily life. In other words, to love yourself. Here are some affirmations that can help you to establish a healthy love of self and help you to attract loving treatment from others. I'll say each one three times. Repeat them with me and choose to embrace them as your true intentions. I release self-judgment and accept myself as I am. I deserve my own high regard and the high regard of others. I release self-judgment and accept myself just as I am. I deserve my own high regard and the high regard of others. I release self-judgment and I accept myself as I am. I deserve my own high regard and the high regard of others. I trust and respect myself. I live with honesty and integrity, and I expect that in all my relationships. I trust and respect myself. I live with honesty and integrity, and I expect that in all of my relationships. I trust and respect myself. I live with honesty and integrity, and I expect that in all of my relationships. 
I make my own life and happiness a priority. I treat myself with loving kindness, and I attract kind treatment from others. I make my own life and happiness a priority. I treat myself with loving kindness, and I attract kind treatment from others. I make my own life and my own happiness a priority. I treat myself with loving kindness, and I attract kind treatment from others. I appreciate and encourage myself. I choose to be my own best friend and dearest love. I appreciate and encourage myself. I choose to be my own best friend and dearest love. Let's add every day to that. I appreciate and encourage myself every single day. I choose to be my own best friend and my dearest love. And the last one. It's safe and comfortable for me to love and be loved. I open my heart and my life to the wonderful loving treatment that I know I deserve. It's safe and comfortable for me to love and be loved. I open my heart and my life to the wonderful loving treatment that I know I deserve. And finally, it's safe and comfortable for me to love and be loved. I open my heart and my life to the wonderful, loving treatment that I know I deserve. When you make these affirmations your true intentions, you expand the energy of love in your life. Be willing to give yourself the kind of treatment you want from others and to request it in all of your relationships. Your soul longs for you to love and prioritize yourself and to experience real, authentic love in every relationship you have. Know that you deserve that, along with all the happiness that love can bring. I want to thank you for joining me for this important podcast. It took me a long time to learn what I should really be able to expect in love and to learn how to ask for what I wanted in a relationship. It may seem very foreign to you, but you can have that too. And I hope that this has encouraged you to seek the kind of treatment you deserve and to always give it to yourself. I just want to take a moment now to remind you or tell you about my new deck of cards, the Energy and Spirit Oracle. The Energy and Spirit Oracle is an extension of my first deck, Energy Oracle Cards. It is designed to connect the vibrational principles of the universe with the personal energy of the human experience, 
along with the incredible power of spirit. The cards were inspired by spirit in order to advise action, predict outcomes, and introduce spirit assistants who can offer truly life-changing guidance about the energy of your life in the present and what you can do to shift energy in the future. So go to energyandspiritoracle.com, and the and is spelled out there, energyandspiritoracle.com. It's not too late to receive the wonderful prizes that are offered there. Lectures, meditations, affirmations, all free and downloadable. So go to energyandspiritoracle.com to find out more. I really hope you enjoy this deck. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next month when we'll be exploring new ways to energize your life. If you have a topic you'd like me to cover in an upcoming show, email me at the contact page of sandrataylor.com or sandrataylor.net. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Have a blessed and blissful month. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.